All right, 1018 on a President's Day Monday. Good to be with you, Tim Ring. Howard Balls are in for Wolf and Luke taking you up until 2 o'clock today talking Cardinal football. We're going to get into the Suns. It is KD week, we think, as the Suns get back on the court on Friday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, hoping and praying a little bit that Kevin Durant is back on the court uh, with the Suns. 8 o'clock tip on, on Friday night against his former team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. In the meantime, though, right now we're going to continue the Cardinal talk as Jonathan Gannon now has his two new coordinators. Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator, uh, Nick Rollis will lead uh, the defense. Two guys with ties to Jonathan Gannon from his previous stops in his coaching career, his very young uh, coaching career. To talk about Drew Petzing a little bit uh, from The Athletic, covers the Cleveland Browns out there in Ohio. Zach Jackson joins us for a few minutes today. Zach, appreciate you taking the time today on this holiday Monday. Uh, listen, man, we know even though you cover a team day in and day out, we know it's tough to project how a position coach is going to be once he gets the big chair as a coordinator. So we understand that. So we, we, we thank you for trying to offer some perspective here on, on Drew Petzing, uh, as we, as we pry for some information about this young man. So just your opening thoughts on why you think Drew Petzing could or may or possibly will be a good offensive coordinator here now in Arizona. Well, he'll have that comfort level, right? Lots of drama and dysfunction in Cleveland and lots of it in Arizona, <laughs> so he slides right in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, no, you know, he he was Stefanski, um, Gannon, and Drew Petzing were together in Minnesota for four years, I believe. And those are young guys who have been on the rise since. Petzing is the youngest of them all. Um, he wasn't the first hire for Kevin Stefanski when he uh, got the job in early 2020 with the Browns, but he was one of the first hires. He was two years as a tight ends coach and then moved last year, which was, A, to benefit the Browns, but also for his own career. Uh, they knew that when Jonathan Gannon got a job that he was probably going to hire Drew Petzing. So um, smart guy. Um, I'm sure we can get more into this, but the offense was not the problem in Cleveland last year, right? There was lots of outside stuff and inside stuff where they failed. It certainly wasn't the offense. Um, so he's come up, you know, in the way that many of these guys have. And like I said, he's he's long, but I, I don't think you know that it was a hundred percent a slam dunk when Jonathan Gannon went to interview a week ago today um, that it was going to be petting. But people have known for a long time that this is the link they wanted to make, and you know, so if you trust in Jonathan Gannon, then you trust in Drew Petting. It's interesting, Zach, because I think sometimes we all try to have the finger pointed at one person who's responsible for everything, and. The reality of football a lot of times is that isn't uh, the case. And I thought it was interesting when Jonathan Gadden had a quote about Andy Reid where he said, I'll never be as smart as Andy Reid, but where I do align with him philosophically is seven or eight brains are better than one. And so, and this might be a tough question to answer, but in terms of Petsing now the coordinator, but obviously there's a lot of coaches still to add to the staff, whether it's the run game coordinator, pass game coordinator, who, who knows how it's all going to be uh, structured. But your, your, your take on that with Petsing, but also just overall that how often, whether it's offense, defense, so many things are collaborative, even though if things go wrong or go well, it's, a, oh, it's the coordinator, it's this or it's that, when a lot of times it's, it's, it's much, much more. Yeah, I mean, Drew's going to be a good teammate, right? There, there's not flash to this guy. Um, there's not me first. He's not going to come to the press conference and, and say outrageous things or say that he's going to fix Kyler Murray or you know win the Super Bowl for the Cardinals next year, right? Um, you know, the Browns believed in investing in the O-line. 
uh, you know, going back to Minnesota once Stefanski was coming through and then became the coordinator and then took off, you know, quickly. Um, they have an offense they believe in. And then the shift last year was amid all the uncertainty was turning it into an offense that could feature Watson. So I think it will be Petsing leaning on his head coach, leaning on the guys that he hires and the guys who hire the players, right, to say, hey, this is what – these are the principles that we believe in. Obviously protecting the quarterback is part of it. Obviously running the ball to an extent is part of it. And then the last step of how do we really – unleash and maximize you know the quarterback that we're committed to so um like i said this is his first coordinator job and it is different not knowing when kyler's going to play right and not knowing um you know coming to a totally different environment here but if you look at his history of the offensive principles and where he's coached and who he's coached with you can start to make the method yes he is going to be that kind of good teammate and then they'll build it together uh over time Kind of leads me to my next question. Jonathan Gannon, uh, visiting with Zach Jackson, by the way, Cleveland Browns reporter with The Athletic. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, in his introductory press conference, even though he's a defensive guy, he did say, and I thought it was great, he goes, I know how I want to play offensively. And clearly, he believes that Drew Pensy knows how he wants to play offensively. So the question to you, Zach, is how do you think that's going to look from what you know about what Drew likes to do, even though he was a tight ends coach for a couple of years and a quarterbacks coach. What do you think this offense is going to look like from what you know about Drew Petzing and Jonathan Gannon's upbringing through the National Football League? Yeah, you know, I, I think they want to play action. I think they want to move the pocket, obviously, which which fits with what they have. You know, part of the battle here in Cleveland was, hey, this offense works, and, and we've proven it works. Um they ran out of talent at wide receiver, and then 11 games in, they shifted to a quarterback who was more talented than the guys they had, but A, wasn't really ready physically or mentally, and B, you know, how did they try to marry and mold that offense that they knew that worked to opening these new doors? And I think that's, that's kind of the challenge. So, you know, I think you will see – I think you can bank on um, the bootleg game, the play-action game, moving the pocket, being a part of it. Right. And then, you know, through personnel, through Kyler getting healthy, through years right down the road, they didn't hire Gannon and, and Petting for, for just this year. Um, you know, I think you'll see it more opened up. That's where the Browns were, right? The Browns want, and by contract and by need, hand, need to hand the ball to Deshaun Watson and need him to do more. Um, that's not really the base offense, but the base offense does have a lot of natural movement, bootleg stuff um, in which, you know, you would think Kyler would succeed. You mentioned the quarterback shifting, and that could very well will likely be the, the case here uh, in Arizona. And when it was being talked about Gannon potentially getting the job, everyone was already connecting the dots and saying, "Oh, Gardner Minshew is a backup, is a free agent, and that might be a guy that that Gannon brings in as as the guy who plays until uh, Kyler Murray is healthy." Then, of course, Petsing gets hired, and everybody says, "Oh, Jacoby Brissett uh, might be yeah. the guy." Yeah, everyone always wants to connect all those dots. G- give us a little. I know you don't know the true possibility of it, but give us a little insight on how on how Brissett did, and he's he's played decent football over the years in different places he's been, even when he wasn't quote the guy. Yeah, I'd sign up for him in a minute, guys. Um, the demeanor, the background, he did play well last year. He didn't play great. He's not ever going to be an A quarterback in this league. But when you look at what he's seen, 
right? Having to play in a rookie as a rookie in a short week for Bill Belichick on national TV, going to the Colts on no notice, playing for a bad team, then playing and earning a contract extension. Last year, being signed by the Browns in a situation where they did not know how long Watson was going to be suspended for five months after they signed Brissett. And then in training camp, we're still trying to get two guys ready to start games, right? And, and again, like of all the Browns' problems, the offense wasn't one of them. So just from that guy's makeup and experience, um, he's a good get for someone. And, and we all don't know how this quarterback market's going to shake out, and we don't know what kind of opportunity. Brissett, is, I think he's only 29. He sees himself as a starter, and he points to the way he played last year as he's a starter. Is he really going to get that chance to be some team's quarterback for – more than six games, more than one year. You know, I don't think we know, but I, I just, without knowing the levels of the dysfunction in Arizona or the exact diagnosis on Kyler, I would think everyone would have to be thrilled if you land that guy, just having watched him work and go through what he went through. I mean, they still played him when Watson came back as a designated sneaker. Now he's a very good one, and, and Watson just isn't. But they were all throwing him a bone. I mean, he was involved in the game plan. He was involved in the audibles. He was involved in everything. And when the Browns cleaned up and checked out of the locker room last year after another just awful season with all sorts of sideshows, there was still so much respect for Jacoby Brissett, and he hadn't played it down since Thanksgiving. And that just resonates to me as someone who's covered a lot of drama and dysfunction for a long, long time. Um, I just think that the players think the world of that guy. We didn't get to know him very, very well. He wasn't here, but I think the players think the world of that guy, and I think when you look at his resume, um, you know, paying what he wants to get him for the Cardinals or for anyone else is something that a, that a smart team you know, needs to do four weeks from now. Zach Jackson, the Athletic, Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the insight not only on Drew Petzing, but a little bit there on Jacoby Brissett, who could be a possibility at quarterback as that stopgap guy as Kyler Murray rehabs from the ACL. Zach, appreciate the time, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right.